0: All these spirits, please be seated. Good morning. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I know you're excited because it's the fourth Sunday of Lent. <laughs> yes. Already. Um, in the in the Church of England, this is um, known as Mothering Sunday. Um, it's a day in which uh, people who are domestic servants would be released from their employment and so come to go back to visit with their parents and bring them gifts. So if you're a mom, um, look we'll get your kids and ask them where you're, where you're getting. Them. <laughs> On this mothering Sunday. and Sunday. Here, um, to tell you a couple stories today. Um, one was about a traveling wise man. Um, he was traveling because it was the season of traveling wise men. They are migratory. <laughs> this wise man coming through uh, these villages, and, and it was a custom, if you had your own village wise man, that the two would get together and have something of a, of a duel, a competition. And so this wise man is coming and comes to the village of our friend nasruddin <laughs> Nazrudin. Some of you might remember Nazruden. If you don't, look that up. It's easy enough to spell in Google. It'll find it. Nazrudin. So since um, Nazrudin was part of the home team, um, he accepted the offer of this challenge from the traveling wise man. Said, "Well, since we're the home team, we get to set the rules in this challenge." And the traveling wise man said, "Sure, um, we'll play by your rules." So here's the rule. You can ask me 40 difficult questions, and I will give you one answer that answers to all of them. And so the excitement was building. Everybody gathered, and, and the, the traveling wise man presented 40 questions of just tremendous complexity. And then all eyes were on Nazrudin. <clears throat> so what do you have to say? And Rudin says, I don't know anything. <laughs> and everyone groaned, but they all agreed that the home team had won. <laughs> Think about it. Yes. Um, the parable for today. The parable of the, what do we call this? Prodigal, prodigal son. Okay. Others would say a better name would be the prodigal father and others call it the parable of the two lost sons. The two lost sons. The fact that we can name this story, different things that kind of capture elements of the story tell us that unlike Nazareth providing one answer, there's not just one answer to what this parable is about. It's a very gracious parable. It's a very open parable. It's it's a parable where the reader can enter into in multiple ways. You might be on the outside looking in at these scribes and Pharisees and tax collectors and sinners gathered with Jesus and his disciples, and you're just watching from the outside at what's transpiring in the story. Or you might think of yourself, given your life and the things you've experienced, you might go, Well, I kind of fit in as one of those tax collectors and sinners. Or you might remember times when you acted more like the Pharisees and the scribes. Nobody wants to associate with them, do you? (laughs) Right? So who are you in the story? Or are you a character in the story? Are Are you the wayward son? Have you had a time when you were the wayward son? Are you the elder son? who grumbles about the graciousness of your father? Or are you like the father? Have you learned to be that kind of parent to your own children and that kind of neighbor to your neighbors, like this loving father? How do you enter into the story? Some people say that this is probably the best of all Jesus' parables because it is so open and invites us into the story in so many different ways. And we can draw so many different lessons from that, which makes it a really good one for this time of Lent, when we are supposed to be focusing on our own spiritual lives and asking questions about, how am I doing? How am I doing? What additional work do I need to do? That's what the season of Lent is for. It's for introspection. And making changes where those changes are needed. So we can celebrate the gift given to us on that Easter day. On that Easter day. Um, I was traveling and I, I came across three kind of strange characters. You know, this is not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I was traveling and, and came across these, these three men, and, and it was it was really strange. They were they were carrying bags. Each of them had two bags. And they were carrying them around their, their necks. There was like a strap they had that held one bag in the front and one in the back. And I thought that was mighty strange, so I had to ask them all, well, so what's up with the bags, guys? And the first one said, you know, well, this bag that I have in the front, it's where I keep all, all the things that have happened to me that are hurtful, All the insults, all the times when I've been humiliated, all the loss, all the grief, all the suffering, I keep this in the bag that's in front of me. So what's on the back? Oh, that back there? Those are the good things that happened. That's all the good stuff that happened in life. It's back there. But here in front, I keep this stuff in front of me, and and as I travel along, I I frequently stop and, and pull out one of these things that happened to me in the past, and And I just, I experience it all over again. And so I've not made it very far in my spiritual journey. Because I keep getting stopped by all these negative thoughts and all the dwelling on the negative and grieving what had happened and getting angry about these things and developing a hard heart and becoming very resentful. I haven't made it very far. Sounds terrible. So I turned to the next guy and said, well, okay, so what about you? What about you? He goes, well, in my bag in the front, I keep the things that were good. Right? The good things that happened. Here's when I got my first bicycle. Here's when mom said I love you. Here's when I had my first day. And I carry all these things around so I can pull them out and, and read them and rejoice in that. But you got a bag on your back. What's the, what's the bag on your back for? Well, that's where I keep all the bad things that happened. I just can't seem to let go of them. So I carry them around everywhere I go. And that's where all the shame and everything is all that dark stuff that I want to keep in the closet, all the skeletons in the closet. It's all in it's all that bag back there. And I worry about it getting out. Because I'd be embarrassed again and I don't want to go through all that shame and humiliation. It's all right there. I, I know it's right there. He won't leave me alone. And I carry it everywhere I go. And because I'm carrying all this weight, as much as I might remember my blessedness and what happens that's good in life, I'm, I'm just kind of constantly the voices back here that are that are tormenting me and taunting me. I don't want to look in that back. So, I've made some progress, but this has really slowed me down because I keep getting weighted down by all this negative that I'm, that I'm carrying around. Oh, well, that's, that's terrible. Maybe one day you can figure out some way of letting that go. <coughs> then I come to the third person. He's just a happy guy. He's from Cleveland. <laughs> 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 <coughs> 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 He's the happiest guy. Well, you seem to be doing pretty well compared to these other guys. You know, so so what's what's with your bags? Well, you know, I keep all this good stuff here because I want to remember how blessed I am. (laughs) Every day I think of what is good in life. And I pull out those ways that I've been blessed, and I know that I am a very blessed person. And every day I think of at least three things that are good. Three things. In the midst of everything else, I remember what I have to be grateful for. I developed gratitude. I said, well, you know, that bag on your back doesn't look as big as the ones that the other people were carrying. What, what's with that? Why is yours not so big? What is it for? He goes, well, that's where I keep all the bad things that happen to me. But years ago, I learned to cut a hole in the bottom." <laughs> just drop the bad stuff in there and it falls right off my back and I continue on. And I've made it a very long way. In fact, this bag full of all the joy and love and everything, when the wind comes up it picks me right up and carries me a long way off. carried by those blessings. You know, in that gospel story we often focus on the son who squandered or unless you come from favor like I do, the son who invested in a lifetime of experiences—it's <laughs> the son who went off and you know and, and, and found himself in trouble. You know, it's really interesting. There's a, a scholar who's looked at how that parable is interpreted in different cultures, and asked a bunch of Russian peasants, people who live on the land, you know, well, why did this guy end up where he did, feeding these pigs? Well, they heard the story, they said, well, it's because of the famine, right? That's what the story says, there was a famine, and he ended up in this place, and they go, well, yes, the famine. That's why he ended up in trouble like he was. They asked a group of of native Africans, people from African cultures, remember that thing about it takes a village to raise a child? Very communal, and when you ask them with these traditional values, you know those, those African communal values, you ask them, well, why did this why did this young man end up where he did? And this is in the story, too. Because no one would help him. Perspective matters, right? Okay? Where are you standing in this story? Where are you standing? It tends to be among Westerners that have a lot of emphasis on the individual. It's Westerners that say, well, this person is acting immorally. It's a moral failing on somebody's part that explains why they are suffering, why they're destitute. How do you see this? And how do you see this?
1: Well, the story tells us about this
0: this God of incredible, this Father of incredible grace. That receives this son back. And it's a lovely story, isn't it? It doesn't sound great. This is your God who loves you. No matter what you've done, where you've been, there is this God that will come running to you at the first chance and anoint you and bring you back. And have a great big party for you. That's fabulous. I love that. And so often we talk about, you know, having those kinds of wayward experiences. And the point is how gracious God is and loving and accepting. But what about the other son? What about the other son? when he hears about this, right? He doesn't say, my brother has returned. He goes, that's son of yours. And then says something that's not true. It says that he went out and kind of lived, you know, freely, but didn't say anything about prostitutes, did it? like the older son is so angry at this, he's slandering his brother. Because that older son is resentful. He's resentful. See, he didn't just suddenly become what is shown in this story. He didn't just suddenly go, oh, I'm so angry about this. I think what's true about the older son is he's been watching the whole time. And he's been wanting something. He's been wanting something. He wants affirmation of all the work that he's put in. He wants recognition. He wants fairness as he sees fairness. He wants justice as he sees justice. And he is angry about what he sees. He's angry at his father because he's never been recognized. He's angry now that he's been doing all this work, hasn't received recognition, and then that that son of yours, you embrace him? He's got this righteous anger at his father and his brother. And where does that come from? It comes from carrying that bag around with all that crap in there that hurts us. And he is full of resentment. Full of resentment. And he won't come back because he's darn bullheaded too. Maybe the father has some, some blame in this. Maybe the father has some responsibility in this. But that son does as well. Huh. Who are you in this story? any of you have any resentments that you haven't dealt with? I wonder. I wonder. There's an old Cherokee grandfather who was spending time with his grandson. His grandfather's passing on wisdom to him, and one night I mean, he says to his grandson, uh, grandson, there's a, there's a war going on inside me. And the grandson's like, grandfather, what are you talking about? He says, yes, there are two wolves." fighting inside me. One is full of anger. One is full of vengeance. One is full of resentment and wants to strike out and lash out and make people hurt as he's been hurt. Wow, grandfather, that's terrible. Who's, who's that wolf fighting with? Well, the second wolf is a wolf full of compassion, mercy, understanding, peace, joy, love, and all those wonderful things that I think we want for ourselves. Grandfather, which wolf is going to win? Grandfather said, grandson, it's the wolf that you feed. If you're carrying around that bag, If you're carrying that around, God doesn't want that for you. That's not meant for you. You're meant for God's love. You're meant to be embraced and to be loved and to love in return. I think like those that, you know, the the three guys carrying the bags around, try, try to be like that one that you keep your eyes focused on your blessings be a better elder son and, and not think about what you're missing out on but but think about all the ways in which you're blessed because his father says to him son all this was already yours he just didn't see it count your blessings count your blessings and know that you are blessed I'm that. Amen.